Welcome to RiskWise, a show about money for Muslims, where you'll learn how to make smarter financial decisions without selling your soul. For the full experience, join us at no cost at riskwise.com. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to the show. My name is Ahmed Munawar, and I'm joined by my co-host, Defender oh God. of Common Sense. You can't, you can't react like that every single time because it's, now it's old. Now you, just, I, you should I be used keep- to it by now. I keep expecting you to forget, and I'm always surprised that you continue to remember. Well, I forgot once, and now I'll never forget again. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum. Great to be here. Thank you for joining us again. This is uh, part two of our debt mini series. Yeah, so we promised people that we would go all in on debt, and we're going to do that. Uh, we've got a lot of really great advice lined up for those who are burdened with debt. And if you didn't hear our last episode, but debt is an issue for you, you really should circle back and listen to that because we talked a lot about really the importance of going all in and making a firm commitment to getting out of debt and why that's really the critical first step. Absolutely. And while you're circling back, uh, please do go back and uh, leave us a review on iTunes, the RiskWise podcast page. It uh, really does help new people find us and uh, you know help themselves get out of debt and help themselves with the finances. And if you have any questions, email us, team at riskwise.com, so that you can be featured on an Ask Riskwise podcast and get your question answered on the air. Yes, please do, inshallah, that'd be perfect. Now, today, we want to take those good intentions, we want to take that commitment that we made in the previous episode to get out of debt, Uh, we want to take that why, and hopefully you've identified why you want to get out of debt and why you want to remove yourself from that situation and remove the burden of debt. We want to take that energy and we want to channel that into an action plan. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, I think a lot of people, they they know that they want to get out of debt. They have a why and they make a commitment. I think that happens quite often. But I think where people fall flat on their face is taking the first concrete action step to actually getting out of debt. Yeah. Everybody rushes to, okay, I have this much money in my account. Uh, Let me put it here and let me put it there and let me do this. Let me do that. And then, you know, month one, month two goes by and they fall, like they, they stop being committed because as we had talked about before, the motivation dries up, you know, we haven't created a habit and a system. So motivation only lasts and you know, that, that spur of energy only lasts a certain period of time, which may be two months. I mean, that's stretching it probably. And so when people who go on this only on excitement and motivation, they fall from it because that doesn't maintain itself. So don't make that mistake. If you've tried paying off debt before and it hasn't worked out for you, you just haven't been able to you know, accomplish that goal. One of the reasons may have been that you didn't yet create a plan. And I might be biased here because my job title is certified financial planner, but I think I strongly believe that for any major goal to actually happen, you need to be putting a plan in place. And there's an old saying that failure to plan is planning to fail. And I really believe that. I see that every day with clients who, you know, have been successful in their career and income for many years, but really haven't gotten closer to any of their big goals because they had no plan in place. They had no real direction. So if you're serious and you've made that commitment to get out of debt, before you start deciding where to put that money, make that plan first. I think there's an important point here. It's like anything else in life, right? We, we're we often inspired to do things. 
because of some kind of, you know, maybe we heard like a chutbah on, on debt and that inspired us to, you know, I really need to clean up my act and get rid of my debt. Right. Right. Or we read an article or we heard of, uh, you know, we listened to a podcast or whatever it may be. Right. There's all these different sources of inspiration, um, uh, that, that might cause us to make that commitment. Right. Right. To getting out of debt or to losing weight or to, you know, getting a new job or whatever it may be. Right. And if you rely on just the energy of that moment, you're right. It could last a couple of months, two, three months. I mean, I think you're being generous. Yeah. Probably, probably wouldn't even last that long. Right. <laughs> and, you know, if, if it only if it's only going to take you two or three months to get out of debt, then that's fine. But if it's something on your mind, you probably have more than two to three months worth of debt to pay down. Right. So what you want to do is you want to channel that energy. And instead of just immediately jumping to, you know, taking all the money out of your bank account and paying off your credit card as much as possible and then having no money for food next month, <laughs> instead of doing that, you know, take that energy and channel it into putting a plan down on paper that's actually going to work and that will tell you that you're going to be debt free by this date. And that is going to be the big goal that we want to accomplish today uh, is to figure out what is your big debt-free date. When can you have a mini party to celebrate the fact that you no longer have any debt on your head at all? And I believe me when I say that that is a fantastic feeling. It's one of the best meetings that I can ever have with a client is to tell them, congratulations, you no longer have any debt. So should we jump into it? Let's do it. All right. So there are three things that you need to be putting down on paper or on a computer screen, on a laptop, tablet, whatever. It needs to be out of your brain and onto something that you can see. Putting it down on paper makes it real. Sometimes it makes it a little too real and it makes people nervous, but nervous is good. Uncomfortable is good to get these big financial goals accomplished, you've got to push yourself out of your comfort zone. So if this makes you a little uneasy, I'm glad. It should just enough to get you motivated. So can, can I ask you a question before you start? Yeah. I'm just curious in terms of your clients, when you have this conversation, you probably ask them, how much debt do you currently have? Right. How often do you get a straight answer? Um, so... I actually ask for people to print me off their statements. Hmm. Um, that that is the prerequisite for to coming into a first meeting, um, and because I tell them in advance, I need five things: assets, debts, income, expenses, and goals. Those are the five things we're going to talk about in our first meeting. So they know the idea of debt is going to come up, and we're going to have to talk about it. They're going to have to, and I tell them that print me off all those statements. Either if you have a statement in your mail, great. If not, print that off off your uh, your computer screen uh, and bring it all in. But what happens is they, in that first meeting, when they actually bring the inventory of their debt, are very often surprised mm -hmm. at how much they have when they total it all together. Yeah. Because if you have multiple different banks or your debt is in multiple places, let's say it's a student debt here, uh, a line of credit over there, a credit card here, a personal line over there, some family stuff over there, you know, not many, many people have actually tallied it all up. They may know roughly how much it is here and there, but seeing that total file and number, yeah, it's shocking. Yeah, and that's why putting this list together is is definitely scary, and I think that's why people don't do it, right? Because you yeah. kind of, you know, there's the fear of the unknown, right? You kind of don't, you know you have some debts, you know there's a bunch of them, and you kind of don't want to put it all in one place because then you have to actually confront that one number, right? the bottom line. Exactly. And that's step one. 
put down on paper an inventory of all of the debt that you have. So how much do you owe? Who do you owe it to? And what's the interest rate that you're paying? That's the basic minimum stuff that we need to know to, to tally an inventory. So those are the three things. So how much? Bank one, $10,000 at 9.8%. Bank two, $4,000 at 6.5%. That's all I'm asking for here. Those three numbers, those three items of information, that's going to be your inventory. And if you have one item of debt, this is going to be easy. If you have 15 items of debt, then it's going to take a little bit more homework. But this is absolutely mandatory for us to get your debt-free date. Okay. Second thing is, in order for us to really figure out how much you're going to be able to put down on debt, we need to know what you your expenses are. And I'm going to use the B word here um, that I really love, but we need to build a budget. We well, need to well, build. Hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> I didn't. You, I didn't put that in the notes. You didn't see that word in the notes. Can you speak into my good ear? <laughs> Build a what now? <sighs> I knew this was going to happen. It's You need to know wh where your money is going and how much you're spending. So that that does mean you have to build a budget. A budget. I mean, the, the great thing is I've got this on, on audio. Like it's recorded. So I don't even need to, you know, I don't need to remind you. I can just play the clip next time. <laughs> what I'll do is next time in one of our episodes when you're, when you go off on budgeting and how it's a complete waste of time, I'll just, without even telling you, I'll just like clip this little part into that episode <laughs> and, then, and then just hear you say, you need to build a budget. You need to build a budget. You need to build a budget. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So do I believe that budgeting every month and filling out a spreadsheet every month changes behavior? Not really. Um, but we need to have a baseline understanding of where your expenses are one time. And I admitted that the first day we talked about budgets, that you got to do it once. Whether you continue to do it, whether that affects behavior change, you know, we can debate about. But I did admit one time, right? We talked about that, I think. Um, so the, we need to do this one time. You need to do the homework one time. And in this budget, what I really want you to focus on is what are the mandatory expenses, the stuff that you cannot get rid of at all? Like how much do you need to be spending on housing costs, on basic food? And I don't mean food including, you know, coffee from Starbucks in the morning because you can't function at work without it. No, that's not mandatory. I'm sorry. Mandatory survival expenses only, that's what we want to focus on because everything else, all discretionary spending, all, you know, fun stuff, all enjoyment, that is all discretionary and something that you can choose to, to use and to spend on. And we need to make a very clear distinction. This is what I have to spend on. And these are stuff that I can make choices with. So going back to our 50, 30, 20 rule. Right. For, for those who didn't hear that, uh, in I think in the episode on budgeting, we talked about this rule, which essentially says that you should be spending no more than your 50, than 50% of your after-tax income on necessities. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that say mentioned, you know, housing, transportation, to the extent that that's necessary, food, clothing, but the necessary portion. Each of those things can also go into the unnecessary territory, right? So the yeah. necessary portion of those expenses that, the, you know, the, the house that you need, not that you want, right? The right. car that you need, not that you want. The food that you need, not that you want, should be no more than fifty percent of your after-tax income, and then um, twenty percent of, of your after-tax income should go towards um, savings. savings, investments, or, or debt repayment. 
right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 30% on everything else. So I think what Saeed's, what Saeed's referring to here when we talk about mandatory expenses is those necessities. The 50%, hopefully 50%. And I know, I recognize that a lot of people aren't hitting that 50% number, that you know it's mm-hmm. getting above that 50% number. And that's where you need to really take a look at you know, as Ahmed said, the house that you need, not that you want, the food that you need, not that you want, the transportation that you need, not that you want. And anything that we sort of make a, a, a rationale for and say, well, no, I don't want that house really. I, I need it a little bit bigger because of this or that, or I need a you know a nicer apartment because of this or that. That extra additional cost above the basic falls into that 30% discretionary. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So here, we need to know and focus on what's the mandatory stuff that you need, and it's necessary, the necessities that you are spending absolutely every single month, uh, that, that doesn't include discretionary, that doesn't include uh, savings. And in that, sorry, mandatory expense list, I also want you to include the minimum payments for all these debts, because those are required. You can't skip a payment, you'll have uh, creditor issues, so don't do that. Uh, so include in there minimum payments on your debt. Not what you're paying, you know, extra, just the minimums. That's where we want to start. Right? So we got inventory of your debt. We've got a a baseline expense list and budget of your current expenses, mandatory expenses. And the third thing's easy. That's your monthly earnings. So if you get paid biweekly, take your biweekly paycheck, multiply it by 26, then divide it by 12. And that's because biweekly payments gives you two extra payments a year. We need to account for those two extra payments. They're not windfalls. I always think it's interesting when people say, you know, this is a good month. I'm getting paid three times instead of twice. Well, that's not really a good month. That's predictable. So let's predict that. Your monthly earnings is your biweekly paycheck times 26 divided by 12. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Adam, you're saying? No, I, have, I had a question, but I'm going to wait until you finish this part. Go ahead. Yeah, so those are the three things that we need to put putting on, putting on paper. Your inventory of debt, your mandatory expenses, and your total monthly earnings. You ha- Once you've collected those three key pieces of information, and this hopefully shouldn't take you more than 15 minutes. I mean, the biggest thing is going to be doing that expense sheet. Um, but that really, hopefully, if you, I think everybody knows what their mandatory expenses are because when I ask people, hey, where, where do you spend your money? They always come up with the necessary stuff, the stuff that doesn't change. You know, what's rent, house payments, what's car payment, what's gas usually. Everybody knows that off the top of their head. Um, it's the discretionary expenses, the the, the discretionary uh, spending, the non-necessity spending that gets everybody, everybody. So the mandatory stuff I don't think should take too long. But these are the three key, key pieces, and then we're going to do a little bit of math. But it's very easy. Should I go for it, or you want to ask a question first? Well, my question was, I think that the, the mandatory expense thing, while it's easy in theory, uh, I think the, the really scary part for a lot of people is having to make serious lifestyle adjustments to get out of debt. Right. I think that's, I think that's a really, really major barrier to all of this. Mm-hmm. Do you want to touch on this now, or should we save that for later? Man, that is such a good... Uh, there's so many great blogs, like entire blogs who are dedicated to lifestyle changes for a financial necessity, whether it's um, being frugal to get out of debt or being frugal so that you can invest more, so you can retire earlier and travel more. I mean, there's tons of resources out there. This is a huge, huge topic. Well, there's two things I'll say right off the bat. Right. One is that at the very top of your plan, you're going to put together a little document, right, where you have these numbers or a spreadsheet or whatever it may be, or a piece of paper. That's fine too, right? Absolutely. At the very top of that plan, write down why you want to get out of debt. 
Oh, yeah. What does being out of debt mean to you? Mm-hmm. And that's, imp- I mean, it sounds kind of hokey, right? But <laughs> write down your goals. But it's, I think it's <laughs> hey, important. Because... I, do, I do that for a living. It's not hokey. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I didn't mean you. Um, <laughs> it's important because three or four months down the road, when things get really difficult, and they're going to get difficult, it's a guarantee, yeah. right? You're going to hit a dip, right? Then it's going to be important to look back at, at why you're doing this to begin with and remind yourself of that commitment that you made, that that moment of inspiration that you had where you decided that you were going to go all in. Right. You want to remind yourself of that at every possible opportunity. I would actually say you should be looking at that statement, that goal statement, once a week, once a month, every so often to refresh yourself and to renew the commitment. Absolutely. And the second thing is recognize that this is just temporary. Right. This lifestyle change that you're going to have to go through in order to go all in on your debt, it's not forever. It's temporary. It's just until you get out of debt. And then, you know, you, you certainly don't want to fall back into old habits because there was likely something there that got you into debt to begin with. Mm-hmm. But you can certainly, you know, loosen the purse strings a little bit once you are once you've removed the burden of debt. Absolutely. How temporary is it, though? And that's what we want to figure out today. Right. How temporary is this lifestyle change that you're going to consciously, willfully make to get out of debt? And really, in order to to figure that out, it's just two very, 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 very simple. You don't need a spreadsheet, probably don't even need a calculator, a little math that you have to do. And the first thing is we want to figure out every month how much can you make uh, as a lump sum payment onto your debt every month. That's the first thing we want to figure out. So, and that, that one's pretty easy. That one is how much you make, which we've figured out that already, how much you earn a month minus your mandatory monthly expenses. That's easy, right? How much income you have minus mandatory expenses equals how much additional cash flow you have outside of mandatory expenses. That is how much money you should be targeting to pay off debt with. Um, if you know, and I know people will make concessions to that and say, well, I still need a little bit because I want to do this every month. I want to do that every month. Uh, and if you want to make those concessions, you can, you have to decide how much you're going to commit to this. But the first thing is just figuring out what's that excess cash flow per month, income minus mandatory expenses equals. So if your income is 5,000 a month and your mandatory expenses are 2,500 a month, 5,000 minus 2,500 equals $2,500. That's what we have at maximum to put down on your debt every single month. And I want you to commit to that number or a, a number that's close to that as the amount that you're going to put down on your debt every single month. That's the first thing. That was easy, right? The second one's just as easy. I want you to figure out, you have this inventory of your debt, right? All the different stuff, all the items of debt that you have. I want you to tally the total amount of debt that you have there which hopefully is very easy with all the items that you have. We're going to take that total debt number, the total amount of debt that you owe, and we are going to divide it by how much you can pay each month. So let's say you have $25,000 in total debt. That's the total debt that you have. Divided by the monthly amount that you're able to pay, which is $2,500. 25,000 divided by 2,500 equals 10. 10 months. It should take you 10 months 
to get out of debt. Now, your number is going to be different. How many months it's going to take to get you out of debt will be higher or lower, whatever it is. Now you have your target debt-free date. It's going to be however many months from now. If you commit to this plan and you commit to it for the long term. And it may be a few months, it may be a few years, because I've seen that happen where it does take multiple years for people to get out of debt. And I mean, you know, the basic high interest debt. That is the plan. That is the first step that you now have this target date that you can put in your phone calendar and say, this is the date that I should be out of debt. And that should be very empowering, regardless of what the number is, whether it's 10 months or whether it's 30 months, that should be very empowering because now you have a clear, uh, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel, right? There's a clear debt-free date. And if yeah. it's, if it's, if it's the number's lower than what you thought, you know, if, if you were thinking it would take a couple of years, but it's actually 12 months, then you should be very happy about that. And that should only motivate you more to stick to your plan. Right. If the number is higher than you thought, or it, it's going to actually take you longer to pay off your debt than you would have originally thought, then, you know, that might be a little bit disappointing at first. But then recognize that if you don't stick to your plan, it's going to take even longer. Yeah, absolutely. And that should be what motivates you to actually work the plan as much as you possibly can. Absolutely. And I guess it's worth noting that, you know, there's going to be hiccups, right? There's going to be, you're, you're going to slip up every couple of months. It's going to mm -hmm. happen. You're, you're not going to be able to pay the ideal amount down on your debt every single month without fail. It's, 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 that's not a realistic expectation. But when that happens, the important thing is to get right back on the wagon. Absolutely. Right. Don't throw your plan out the window and say, oh, this will never work. I can't do it. That's... You know, I mean, that's well, then that's failure right there. Then, then you'll, you'll guarantee failure if you do that, if you do it that way. But instead, just acknowledge that, look, this was a bad month. You know, this happened, that happened. Um, you know, figure out what happened. Certainly, like, try to get to the cause of, of, of why you weren't able to pay down the full amount that month. And then remedy that the next month and learn every single month. And I guarantee you, by the end of this, you'll know a lot more about yourself <laughs> than you did at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's valuable. That's key, Ahmed. You know, you can't fall into despair. It's very easy to fall into despair when you're not successful every single try. Failure is part of life, but don't fall into despair. You know, make your dua really rely on Allah to help you with this uh, struggle. Because this is, if you've got your intentions right, one of them is hopefully to please Allah, to get out of the need of others, get out of the debt of others, and may Allah uh, make that happen and make it easy for you. So if you have difficulties, you rely on Allah, make that dua, make that supplication to see if you can get some help. And, you know, if you get you know, one thing that I see happen sometimes is an unexpected expense pops up, like say a, a car repair, and that puts people's things way off. And then they're like, oh, this, this sucks. I can't do it. Uh, and then they just give up. And that's not the way to approach this. I mean, if you got a speeding ticket, you know, let's say you're driving to work, you get a speeding ticket. Are you going to think, ah, oh, well, this day is thrown away. It doesn't matter anymore. Forget this obeying the law stuff. You know, I can't get it right. I'm just going to continue speeding and running red lights and running stop signs. No. If you get a speeding ticket, I know I have. I drive like Miss Daisy. I'm, I'm driving like I'm driving Miss Daisy <laughs> for like the next month. I do not want another speeding ticket, right? Like you, you, you take corrective action if you get that speeding ticket. And this should be the same thing. I've got a much better story. <laughs> so I, okay. uh, now I'm going out on a limb here and telling telling this story. But um, so I a few years ago, I got a call from my insurance company saying, we're not going to renew you. 
oh no and i was like what what do you mean and they're like yeah you've got more than three uh three tickets in the last three years and we're not going to renew you actually we're not allowed to renew you you have to go and get facility insurance which is basically like high risk insurance for high risk drivers Wow. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like, yeah, I mean, I've got a few tickets, but like, they weren't like major tickets. It was like, you know, a rolling stop at a stop sign and like, you know, like minor speeding tickets and then something else. It wasn't like anything. It's, it would be ludicrous to call me a high risk driver based on those tickets. Right. But that's the rule in, you know, in the province of Ontario is that if you have more than three in three years, then you have to go to a high risk insurance brokerage. I did not know that. So my insurance doubled. Oh, wow. And so then, yeah, then I, I, you know, I didn't follow the speed limit, but I definitely didn't speed as much as I would before. And, you know, every time I'd be driving with my wife and she'd look over at me when I'm, you know, kind of nearing like, you know, that 20 kilometers over the speed limit, then I, w- I would certainly slow down. So that was my not insurance. That actually, not that you actually do that in real life, because there may be police officers listening to you right now. But hypothetically, if you were well, they to can't give me a ticket speed- for talking about speeding. <laughs> That's okay. True. True. So that was a sufficient reminder when my insurance doubled that, okay, you know, if I get any more tickets, it's actually the same, the same kind of scenario, right? Because if I got any more tickets, that would only lengthen the amount of time um, in which my insurance would be so expensive. Oh yeah, that's a very good analogy. Then yeah, that's true. So if you if you fall into a hard month, that more expenses come up, and you give up, well then you know the debt's still there. You're not running away from it. You might be in denial for a little while about having to deal with it, but not sticking to your plan is only going to lengthen the time that you're having to pay more interest and be on, in debt. So really take that to heart. That. This is all about you and your struggles, your efforts, your abilities with Allah's help that you need to, if this is all on you to figure out and to actually make happen. So falling into despair does not help. It, you know, struggles should only motivate you to stick to this even more diligently in the future, inshallah. And I think there's, there's a point to be made here, um, just building off what you were saying about how these experiences really do help you grow as a person. And, mm-hmm. you know, you'll notice that any any path towards like personal development or refinement is always going to be difficult. It's right. always going to be very, very difficult. There's always a lot of resistance and it's always unpleasant. Right. Yeah. But that's the path that you have to take to change. And I think this is Absolutely. one of those paths. If you're if you're someone that's burdened with debt and you have certain habits that have gotten you into it, you know, don't expect this to be, um, you know, a walk in the park. We're right. trying to make it easy for you by by like breaking it down into into concrete steps that hopefully will will enable you to take the the, the action required. But I gotta say, don't expect it to be easy. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be messy. But embrace that because that's how change happens. Right. Yeah, man, I completely agree. It's going to be it's going to be a little bit messy. It's going to be difficult, and that's good. Um, things that are worth doing are never easy. So. Make this happen. That's your first step. Now you have a debt-free date. We're going to talk about next time, what are the first steps to actually paying off the debt? What debt should you be paying off first and how to figure that out next week? Excellent. Looking forward to it, Saeed. It's a pleasure as always. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.